This is the Oanda Podcast. This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's talk to Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. How are you, mate? Very good. And let's first look at markets. And it's a bit of a funny old week, isn't it, really? Today, though, the exception has been Hong Kong, a bit of an outlier with um, high rises earlier on in the day. And that has bucked the trend of all other markets. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a funny month. I mean, December's always a funny month at the best of times. But I think this has been a really interesting one. It feels like the action's really being compounded in two separate weeks. The first week of the month, which culminated in that jobs report, lots of economic data, lots of Fed speak, and lots of action in the markets. Then the third week, next week, we've got massive central bank meetings. In, in the space of 48 hours, we've got CPI data, retail sales data, huge economic figures, the Federal Reserve meeting, the Bank of England meeting, the ECB meeting, the Swiss National Bank meeting. It's going to be such an action-packed week, the final big week really before the festive period really kicks into full swing. And then you've got this week, the kind of void in the middle where we've got very little economic data of no one or two pieces which are going to get outsized attention. We've got no Fed speak whatsoever because we're in the blackout period. And we've only really got one, maybe two central bank meetings that are, are really noteworthy. So this is the quiet period, really. And I feel like the market's kind of trading that way. And especially coming off the back of that jobs report on Friday, which was a massive setback. Let's not beat her out the bush. Like The jobs number itself wasn't too bad. It was a good number, actually. It was the bad part of the problem. It was the wages, the 0.3% that was expected became 0.6% in reality. That's a huge monthly jump and something that's going to deeply unsettle the Fed, especially with the upper division to the previous number. So this is where the conversation morphs from one of just headline inflation to entrenched inflation. And headline inflation is going to shrink next year because of base effects and energy prices and all of these things, food prices. But the Fed is concerned more about entrenched inflation, the more sustainable element, and that comes from higher wages, which means that prices have to keep going up. And the longer that happens, the more it becomes ingrained within an economy. That's why that's been such a knock late last week and why it's created this jittery markets, which I think is what we're seeing uh, this week now. At the moment, the US is up just shy of 1%. Europe's basically treading water. Asia basically treaded water as well. The one outlier, as you highlighted, was Hong Kong. A loosening of certain COVID restrictions, mask wearing, that's had a really positive impact. But interestingly, and we've seen the same with China, really, over the course of the last few weeks, when we've seen these rumours circulating about loosening COVID restrictions, it's a real positive for the economy and the economic prospects. But the impact has been really domestic. Uh, like I say, Hong Kong is the outlier everywhere else there hasn't really been an impact. So it's not really something that's kind of the, the rising tide lifts all boats type deal. It's very much unique just to Hong Kong in this case, or the last few weeks we've seen the Shanghai Composite and the Hang Seng benefit from loosening uh, Chinese restrictions. Um, we, we, like I said, which I find interesting, I think it partly reflects the fact that this is mostly a domestic issue, but I think it also reflects the fact that the mood more globally is a little bit more dour and therefore... Uh, it's not really helping to offset some of the negative sentiment that's come from some of the bigger economic data releases like the trade data from China and the prospect of more tightening and the fact that these are markets which are now factoring in uh, recessions all around the world it seems at this point in time the 210 yields uh, on the US curve 
are inverted now to a point. Now, given that this is when, when the 210 inverts, which means that the two-year yield is higher than the 10, that's typically a recession indicator uh, of an impending recession. But now they're more, they're more inverted than they've been really now for the last 40 years. So we're talking about a very steep inversion here. The market's really pricing in a recession and potentially a heavy recession at that. And how did markets view yesterday's uh, 50 basis point rise from the Bank of Canada in their rates to four and a quarter percent? Is this the last of those uh, big sizable rises, do you think? So it was viewed very positively, and I think that's because it was kind of accompanied by language which suggested that we were moving towards a more of a flexible approach. So rather than now continuing this 50-50-50, it looks as though we are nearing the end. So the next one could potentially be 25, maybe one or two more after that. But really, we are right near the end of the cycle, and that's not surprising. It's a 4.25% now. It's They've hiked extremely aggressively to this point, and now it does seem like the end is in sight. There is light at the end of the tunnel. So the markets took that language, that more dovish language, really positively. But it's the one of many central banks now that seems to be heading that way. The RBA is now hiking by 25 basis points. The RBI in, uh, obviously, the Reserve Bank of India um, may have just done its last rate hike this week at 35 basis points. And the US seems to be heading that way. Also, even the ECB and the Bank of England may be lowering their uh, pace of tightening uh, next week, indicating moving towards the end of their cycles also so there is that little bit of relief that came on the back of that but ultimately the focus now in the markets is maybe less on the fact that we are seeing a slow pace because that's now being priced in it's more about the terminal rate when that's going to come and how high that's going to be and therefore how economically damaging that is going to be ultimately for the economy looking at the latest uh, oil numbers craig brent crude and wti both up WTI up 2% rather than uh, 075 for Brent crude. Interesting that the price of WTI has risen much more proportionately than Brent crude. Why is that? It's hard to say always. I mean, we're talking about 2% versus 0.75%. These differences sometimes materialise. But there has been reports today of an oil pipeline in the US, which there was an outage on, the, the Keystone oil pipeline, which is a major pipeline carrying more than 600,000 barrels a day from Canada to the US. So that could have potentially led to WTI spiking the fears of prolonged outages and therefore restrictions to the amount of uh, crude output in the US. But the fact that it's only up around 2% now suggests that maybe there isn't a significant issue here and this is potentially a temporary issue that can be resolved. Otherwise, you would expect maybe there to be a bit more of a reaction in the markets. I mean, we may find out more information relating to that in the coming days, which suggests otherwise we could see a bit more of a reaction. But the fact that it's only 2% suggests that it may be relating to that. It's one of those weeks where... Because there isn't much happening, you can look for narrative where there may literally not be any uh, in order to try and justify some of the moves that we're seeing. It may be a relation to this pipeline. It may not be a relation to this pipeline. More broadly speaking, oil prices are quite low at this point in time. We have seen them dip on the back of the OPEC plus holding steady last weekend. Uh, on the Russian oil price cap, which doesn't seem to have been viewed as being that damaging to the markets, if at all. And the fact that we are seeing that weaker trade data from China suggesting we're seeing a domestic and a global slowdown on the trade front. 
Yes, we are seeing uh, looser COVID restrictions, which could be supportive for the Chinese economy, but it's not going to be a smooth run. We've all experienced that during the lifting of restrictions in our countries where you do see rising cases for obvious reasons, and therefore you do see little restrictions being put back in place. It tends to be a bit of a bumpy ride, and we'll probably see something similar in China as well. What's interesting with crude right now, I think probably most interesting, is that Joe Biden has recently said that they will look to start restocking the SPR which has been a major source of uh, crude on the market to try and stop prices rising too high, they're going to try and restart, start restocking the SPR when oil prices fall back to around $70 a barrel. So earlier today, WTI at one point was trading around with $72 a barrel. So it does seem that we're getting back to those kind of levels where the US could start restocking uh, their reserves. Now you've got to wonder, is that going to create a bit of a temporary floor in price potentially because there's the additional demand? We'll have to wait and see, but it'll be interesting to see how the markets trade around those levels. Craig Earlham in London, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.